What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Texans Matchup. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, and it's our second bonus edition of Texans Matchup. And hopefully there will be uh, one, I think, like three more, four more. I guess we have to do one in between the uh, in the bye week of the Super Bowl if we end up getting there. So, yeah, it's the second bonus matchup. As we've said, as long as we keep playing, we keep talking. And we keep talking about Texans matchup on a show in which we look back and ahead kind of all at the same time. This one is going to be looking back for the majority of it because we are going to celebrate a super wild card weekend. Got to get it all in. Super wild card weekend win over the Cleveland Browns. Everything that happened on wild card weekend. Everything. Largest margin of victory was right here in Houston, 31 points. I I tweeted this or posted this, whatever you want to call it, um, Monday night watching the end of the Eagles and the Buccaneers games. There were two home underdogs, two home underdogs going into this uh, weekend. The Texans were about a point and a half, two-point underdog to the Browns, and the Eagles were a three-point underdog. I'm sorry, the Buccaneers were a three-point underdog to the Eagles. Two of the largest margins of victory were those two games. In fact, that might be the two largest because the Packers, well, they held on, but they won by 16. Bucks won by 23. Texas won by 31. So the two home underdogs had the two largest margins of victory on Super Wild Card weekend. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that's crazy stuff, and that kind of tells you what the Texans were able to do in a 45-14 to 14 win over the Browns. Now, to celebrate that, we are going to do an Ultimate eleven plays – moments of the game both on offense and defense now here's where it got a little sticky in some sense I was thinking about this as the game is going on I'm like man I might have enough to split this up alternate 11 offense alternate 11 defense the offense is only on the field for 44 plays so my offensive one will be stretching it a little bit at 11 and 10 kind of but you'll get the point there, there was plenty enough on both sides so, ultimate 11 offense, ultimate 11 defense, and I flipped a coin, and since they scored twice on defense, the defense gets the opening segment, and it's going to start at number 11 with Malik Collins bursting in the backfield with a TFL. Man, the defense was so, so very good. Let's kick it off right here. When number 96 went through some tough times in 21 and 22 and has played even better in 23, here's Malik Collins, TFL at number 11. At the 39-yard line, first and 10. Here's the give to Hunt, and he's going to be brought down by Malik just across the line of scrimmage, actually beyond the line of scrimmage. So it's a TFL for Malik here, it looks like, based on the spot. Now, when I tell you the defense was on it, the defense was on it all day. Run defense was great. You're going to hear one, two, three, four, four, five of the TFLs. Holy smokes. There are five TFLs. Unbelievable. Now, one of the things the Texans were able to do in the second half, actually, Kareem Hunt scored with, I think, 12 minutes and 13 seconds left to give the Browns a 14-10 lead in the second quarter. That was the last point of the game. In fact, the Texans scored 14 points more on defense than the Browns did the whole rest of the game. But they also got stops in the fourth quarter. Fourth down stops that were big, even if the game was out of hand. And here's a big one right here to shut the Browns down in the fourth quarter. This fourth down stop comes in at number 10. 
Fourth and three, Flacco in the gun, one back, Hunt. Cooper, short side left. Flacco puts the leg down, here's the snap. Flacco, pressure arriving, and he dumps it over the middle, and Joku drops it, turnover on downs. Houston has the ball in Cleveland territory, and it has become a party at NRG Stadium. Rock on, H-Town. Your Texans are taking apart the Cleveland Browns. Oh, it was a party, all right. It's a party that Waka Flocka Flame would have been very, very happy with. It's a party. Well, you, you know. If you know the song, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Let's get to number nine, and it's number 93, Kurt Heinisch. Now, there have been a lot of guys. I, I've talked about Khalil Davis a lot this year. Malik and Sheldon have been very, very good. I mean, Sheldon was playing through some, some things on Saturday. I, I'm not even sure. He should have been playing through, but he was trying it, man. He was pushing it and giving it a go uh, for his guys. But a guy that steadily, all year long, has played better and better and better, quicker, more explosive, just keeps making bigger plays, Kurt Heinisch, number 93. He really is finding his fit in this defense. And he had half a sack this year. That's what he ended up with. Now, he had created some pressure and made some TFLs and had been a very valuable member of this defense, there's no doubt. But to see him finally get a full sack like he did in the fourth quarter, I was pumped, absolutely pumped. And Kurt Heinisch's sack comes in at Nueve, numero nine. In the gun, no backs on fourth down and six at the Houston 37-yard line. Bunch formation right here is the snap to the veteran Flacco. And he's buried back at midfield. What a way to finish it. Gang, sack, Heinisch there. Barnett and Khalil Davis. Wow, Texans take over on downs. Three-fourths of the defensive line, they're dancing coming off the field. You talk about some guys having some fun. They are enjoying themselves in this one. What a dominating performance by the defense, especially in the second half, playing, I thought, at a speed that I could not remember. I mean, they just seemed to be all over what the Browns were doing. They were playing fast. They're playing smart. Uh, it felt like the defense was really coming together uh, in that second half, in particular against the Browns. It'll need to do that against the Baltimore Ravens for sure. But on Saturday against the Browns, it was absolutely there. So let's get to the Ocho right here. Now, again, I said that TFLs were kind of the kind of the the way things the way things went. They were really active on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Brown's offensive line had no answers. Um, defensive line, linebackers, secondary, they're all running to the, to the ball for sure. And you don't get a TFL a lot of times with a DB and a DL. But that happened a lot of times. But it did here. Derek Stingley and Khalil Davis team up for a tackle for a loss early in the game. It comes in at number eight. Third and nine, Browns from their 37. Flacco in the pocket. Here's some pressure. Dumps it off short right. Got a man, but well behind the line of scrimmage. Gang tackled. Swarm at the 31-yard line, and the Browns will punt. Oh, yeah, the epitome of swarm was all over the field on Saturday against the Browns. Khalil Davis and Derek Stingley teamed up on that play to make the tackle. Great rushing coverage together, and then explosive to the football to make the TFL. Now, sticking with the theme of TFL, my man Denzel Perryman really – 
was kind of the originator on the day. The Browns had gotten a first down, actually a couple of first downs, moved the ball off the 25-yard line, and there was just a couple of check downs, but just enough to kind of get, you know, inch it forward, a couple first downs. Okay, now it's time to run the football. Really, I think for the first time, I think it's the first run of the day. There weren't many runs if there were any before this. Jerome Ford took off for the right side, and I'm telling you, Denzel Perryman took off like a shot. He was shot out of a cannon. He was flying the football. He split the A gap, center guard gap, and met Ford in the backfield for a huge tackle for a loss. I feel like this play really doesn't get its due because of how fast Perriman got there and what the game turned into, but I really think it set a tone, and that was, you're not running the ball on us today. We are too fast for you. This is not going to be like week 16. We're shutting you down. We're eliminating the run game right now, right here. Denzel Perryman started it at number seven. Second and a long four across the Browns' 41-yard line. Orbit motion by Moore. Flacco hands off the fourth. Blasted in the backfield. Perryman got him for a TFL. Well, that's just formation recognition right there. When you see a linebacker, he knows when he can make a play that fast, it's because he recognizes the formation. Everything in his head tells him what the play is, and then he just reacts to it. Dre used the key word there with Denzel Perryman, instincts. He saw it, and then speed. Instincts and speed. If you can play linebacker with instincts and speed, my goodness, you could be around this league for a long time, as Denzel Perryman has. All right, let's get to play number six. And I think this play ends up getting forgotten because of what happened on the play following. And I think we all know what happened on a play following on fourth and two in the third quarter, right? The second pick six. But what happened one play before it? The Browns came to the line of scrimmage third and one. Now, it's 31-17 at this time. The Browns have got to score. They've got to move the ball. But they got to get first downs. So Steven Nelson has just set the place off. They turn around, and they get a big gain on first down, not much on second down, so it's third and one. They rush up to the line of scrimmage. The Texans, it took a little little bit. Going back and watching the game, they weren't totally lined up on this play. They were getting into position as the Browns were snapping it, but they were in the right position once they did because Will Anderson cratered the edge. Christian Harris took on a blocker inside, and that let Cashman get all the way to the edge clean Will got off the block clean, and all of a sudden they're stuffing a Browns running back on third and one for a one-yard loss. On th- It was incredible. This comes in at number six. Given it's due, Cashman, Will Anderson, Texas defense, huge TFL on third and one. And listen to the crowd after this stop. Backs in an eye on third and one. Hand off Hunt running to the right. He's not going to get there. Swarm. Cashman and company. They bring him down for a TFL. Fourth down. It's funny as I'm listening to each and every one of these plays, I'm just I'm getting chills all over again. I mean, I'm watching that run defense develop and shut him down on third and one, and I'm just, oh, man, it was, it was just awesome to watch. It really was awesome to watch this defense. As Mark said, swarm. They really were swarming they've taken that mentality to heart uh cj breaks them down a locker room with texans swarm they've really really brought that swarm mentality and when we get back in this building uh in 2024 because that's the last game that we will have played here uh because both buffalo uh and kansas city won so we're the lowest seed so we're gonna be road warriors all the way through this thing 
But when we get back in there in 2024, that's got to be the mentality of this entire building. They got to make it tough on people. And that Texan swarm, that's got to come from the fans as well. And it came from the fans on Saturday. No doubt about it. All right, let's get to number five. And now we're sacking the quarterback. But there's something about the timing of the sack of a quarterback. The Texans had taken a 24-14 lead with about a minute 48 left. Dalton Schultz makes the catch into the north end zone, and the place went nuts. Now, the Browns still had time. They had a minute 40-ish to go, and they started to drive, kind of got down the field, got to about midfield, and like, okay, eh, just a field goal. Can we just stop the bleeding? Well, the Texans' defense wasn't having any of that noise. They weren't going to give up a field goal. They weren't going to give up a touchdown. And the biggest play in that drive was a sack that stemmed the tide. It absolutely put a gauze pad over the bleeding, and it was done. It was over. To me, this is when the game, looking back, probably was over because the Browns threw up the white flag at half. They still had time after the sack. They just left. They were just, no, we're done. We'll come out second half. Nope. The sack here at number five is, to me, the point in which the Browns realized it's not our day. Go get Joe Flacco at number five. 24-14, Texans lead with 43 seconds to go in the second. Cleveland with a second and 10 at the Browns, 44. Flacco, shotgun, one back. Here's the snap. Flacco with the pressure on. Flacco's going to go down. He's sacked. Grenard, Grenard got the first, first man there. And the rest of the Texans bring him down. The end of the half for me is very, very chaotic because I got to get to Miko Ryan. So I've got a microphone. I got to shut the microphone down. I got to turn off my pack. I got to put my ears off. I got to then get my phone out and then get ready to record with D'Amico. I mean, it's crazy. And then I can't even hear him. And he's, he's like six inches from me because the crowd is going absolutely nuts. But I'm telling you, when that sack hit, I was probably the happiest I'd been all first half. Like, oh, my God. They just threw up the white flag after that sack. Like, wow. That's when I realized different day, different day, different team, different outcome. Uh, than what happened in week 16. Okay, let's get to number four. And we're still sacking Joe Flacco. And this time it's a guy that, since he's arrived here in Houston, has done nothing but put pressure on a quarterback. And in a situation in which, once since he's gotten here, either John Grenard, Will Anderson, Jerry Hughes have all missed a game and missed time. Derek Barnett has been absolutely awesome. And Monday night, watching the Eagles against the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield just picking the Eagles apart, I'm like, boy, I wonder if they would have liked to have Derek Barnett because he has been all kinds of awesome for this football team. And at number four, number 95, getting it done with a sack of Joe Flacco. Three receivers, wide side left, one back, Hunt Flacco, shotgun on third and 14. Here comes pressure. Flacco's going to go down. He's sacked back inside the 15-yard line by Derek Barnett. Fourth down. Man charged up here, no sacks. It would be nice to hear a quiet M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore as Lamar Jackson's getting sacked on Saturday. But we're looking back on this one. We're not looking ahead just yet. Okay, let's get to number three. And it's another sack. And I felt about this sack kind of like the crescendo of noise. You think about the noise. Think about a long, like a long touchdown. And it starts off with this kind of, you know, ooh, it kind of builds up. And then, oh, boy, it looks like maybe that guy might score. So the noise is building up. The anticipation is building up. It's going, it's going up to a higher, higher level. Well, after Steven Nelson's pick six, 
after Christian Harris's pick six, the Browns got the ball back. Now down 38-14. And look, it's improbable. Down 24. But hey, three scores. With the way the Browns scored against the Texans uh, in week 16, you thought maybe. So I wasn't ruling anything out. So the Browns get a little bit of a drive going, but now it's fourth down. And now they have to go for it. They've already been going for it, but they got to go for it again. And it was time for Christian Harris to strike yet again. He flies through the A-gap. Beautiful pressure concept. Browns have nobody to pick him up. And when he brings Joe Flacco to the ground, that crescendo of noise went to a completely different level because fans knew it was done. This was it. It was over on this play. Comes in number three. Christian Harris sack of Joe Flacco. 132 to go, third quarter, 38-14, Houston. Crowd loud. Fourth down and six at the Texans, 37, empty backfield. Flacco walks up to the line, and now he has Hunt in the backfield with him. Texans changing their call. Flacco has the snap. Flacco in trouble. Flacco sacked back in Cleveland territory by Christian Harris. Pick six on one fourth down. Big sack on another, and the Texans have the ball in Browns territory. 127 to go, third quarter. Texans in complete command. That they were. They were definitely in command of this game. Now, why? Well, let's get to our final two defensively, and you know what they are. And I'll be honest, I, I literally flipped a coin. I flipped a coin on this. And this is, this is my proverbial coin. This is how I went about this. This is going to sound kind of strange, but I do Telestrator, and I pick one offensive play, one defensive play, and then I do kind of a, a TV version, like a two-and-a-half, three-minute version of breaking down that play Telestrator-wise. And then I do like a social version, like a minute long that I can then put on Twitter, you know, just kind of a quickie version of uh, that particular play. What I did for the pick sixes was I decided I'm going to do one full length and I'm going to do one social version. And now I'm flipping that. That's, that's basically how I'm doing this. So for Telestrator, the play that I did the full length on was Steven Nelson's pick six. And I did the social version on Christian Harris' pick six. So at number two, Christian Harris finally gets his pick. So like he did against Tennessee last year, gets it this year but does it for a whole lot more production and result. Number two, Christian Harris, pick six, gives the Texans a 38-14 lead. Fourth and two, Cleveland from the Browns, 33. Flacco in the gun, one back after motion. It's Hunt, Flacco to throw. Flacco, it's picked off. Here we go to the left, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Christian Harris. That's the second one. Second pick six of the game. Welcome to Houston, Joe Flacco. Now, I realized after listening to that call that maybe you won't understand Andre Ware's thought of that's the second one because obviously we all knew it was the second one. But that gives me to number one, Steven Nelson's pick six. Now, listen to this whole clip and it'll make more sense because Andre said, out on the plaza as we were doing the pregame show, he and Mark always go out there together. I go out there about 15 minutes into the show. Andre and Mark go out together. And during our pregame show with Sean and Seth, Andre said Joe Flacco's good for two of them. 
And he says it right after Steven Nelson's pick six. Not one series later, Christian Harrod sends up with the second one. So let's hear the first one at number one. Steven Nelson's pick six to give the Texans a 31-14 lead. Flacco, shotgun, one back, forward, three receivers left, one of them the tight end, and Joku. Here's Flacco getting the snap. Here's some pressure by Barnett, and Flacco releases just in time. It's picked up by Steven Nelson. He's got the INT across the 30, the 40, the 50, right sideline, the 40, the 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, pick yes. 6. Yes! Steven Nelson. Yes! Take that, Cleveland. He just threw it up for grabs. I said in the pregame he was going to give us two. That's one. We got one left. He did have one left. And Christian Harris took that one to the house. Man, what a defensive performance for the Texans. Now, the offensive performance was equally as explosive. It just didn't have as many as many plays. So we're going to do our ultimate 11 offensive plays next right here on Texas Matchup. Stay right where you are. Welcome back to this edition of Texans Matchup. It's our second bonus edition of Texans Matchup. Glad you're with me. John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, as we are celebrating a win over the Cleveland Browns, a 45-14 win over the Browns, that was just absolutely freaking awesome and special in so many different ways. Maybe it's the one we look back years from now and say, man, that was the one that kind of triggered uh, this run that we're on. I mean, who knows? You know, maybe maybe this ends up being our, our 2015 win over the Yankees like it was for the Astros uh, back in 2015. I heard a lot of comparisons to that throughout the week. Um, you know, with the Yankees play that one play, that one game playoff against the Yankees up in New York and absolutely smashed them. And then that led to this run for the Astros. You know, maybe that's that's what this game will be. I don't know. I just know it was freaking fun. It was an absolute blast on both sides of the ball. And so I decided on a matchup, I would do an ultimate 11 defensive plays and an ultimate 11 offensive plays. Now, because the offense only had 44 plays and defense had to face 70, there are a few more on the defensive side that I was able to do and get to 11. I'm stretching the boundaries a little bit, but it's okay. It's a matchup, man. We're celebrating. So just live through it. Now, the best play in football comes in at number 11. Victory formation final call. So this is kind of two for one. This is the final offensive play of one hell of a performance and the final call from our pal Mark Vandermeer right here. Comes in at number 11. Play clock down to 10. Game clock at 40. Texans approach the Houston 44. Mills gets behind the center, takes a knee, and that's it. Domination to the divisional round. The Houston Texans take apart Cleveland. 45-14. As the sensational season continues, the greatest playoff performance in Texans history just took place before our eyes. And now it's on to the next round. Thing about the playoffs is you can't say anything but, well, we're on the next round, especially when you're the first game of the playoffs because you have no idea where you're going to go or who you're going to play. Unless the Packers, because the Packers were the number seven seed. The only place they could go was to San Francisco um, after beating the Dallas Cowboys 48-32. to 32. I mean, I don't know. By now, the Cowboys have already cleaned out their lockers, and the Texans are still playing. So just saying, just saying. You know, that's just the way it goes. All right, let's get to number 10. And this is kind of this is kind of me pushing it, you know, a little bit further than I, I probably should have. But I'm going with anyways. Number 10 is a bunch of extra points. 
So why not play the final one? Because everybody was in full-on party mode after Devin Singletary scored a touchdown. So let's do it. At number 10, Kymie Fairbairn's final extra point after six Texans touchdowns on Saturday against the Browns. Fairbairn, extra point, flagged down as Garrett came off the edge. The kick is good anyway. And we'll find out what the marker's about with 13.27 to go in the fourth quarter. And the Texans with 45 points Outside, on the board. Cleveland number 95. The one-point try was successful. The five-yard penalty will be enforced on the kickoff. Timeout. You know, it's funny. I hadn't thought about this since. But Miles Garrett could have wrecked a lot of people on that one. He pulled off at the last second. He was offsides by about three yards. And, man, I totally forgot about that on that last one. So, yeah, maybe 10 had a little bit of, a little bit of stuff to it. Miles Garrett couldn't get to the quarterback, so I guess he was trying to get to Kaimi, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but that comes in at number 10. Now, we're sticking with Kaimi at number 9. And I did this. I was going to do this regardless. No matter how long this field goal was, I was going to put it in here because Kaimi's been outstanding all year. And here's the thing. I hadn't thought about this until I saw the stat during the game. Because I went back to watch it. Kymie Fairbairn, 27 to 28 field goals going in before this one. Now, the last time Kymie had been on the field kicking the ball, he had missed the extra point at Indianapolis. So I felt like it was imperative that he got a field goal opportunity early on just to get his confidence back if there was any lost. Well, he made it 28 of 29. It was short, but just to get Kymie back in the flow of knocking home a field goal was big because now he's going to have to do it outside for the next how many ever games uh, and the next couple of games, especially in Baltimore on Saturday. But just to get the confidence back, just to get back on track and give the Texans a 3 nothing lead, just that first jab of the game, hey, we're up 3 nothing. you got to chase us a little bit. Now, the Browns did. The Texans hit back, the Browns hit back, and then the Texans just knocked them out. But to get that 3 nothing lead was big. It comes in at number 9, Kaimi, giving the Texans a 3 nothing lead. 21-yard chip shot with John Weeks operating the snap. Johnston with the hold. Here's Fairbairn's kick up. Good. 3-0 Texans. First quarter, 5-29 to go. So off to a big lead, 3-0. I mean, not really a big lead, but you get the point. It got him off, uh, got him off the schneid, if you will. Got in front, and I think getting in front of a playoff game is big. Doesn't mean that... You know, teams can't come back on you. Obviously, I live in Houston, so I can remember some games back in the day where teams in Houston have gotten off the big leads and then not held them. But I felt like in this scenario, getting off that 3 nothing lead was big, and that came in at number 9. All right, let's get to number 8. It's one of my favorite plays. And I'll, I wish I could have the, the genesis of this, but there was something that ended up on my, my ex, my Twitter timeline, and this guy's name was Chef Zay. And basically what he does is he watches the game and records himself watching the game. And he is a big Browns fan. And so he's got this, this uh, boxing dummy over to the left of him. And as he gets excited about Browns plays, he pounds, that, he pounds the dummy, which I would think it would be the other way around. But he just pounds that dummy and just, you know, all, you know, let's go. You know, you're just getting really excited about the Browns. And, I mean, that, you know, that's fine. So it ended up on my timeline, so I was like, I'm going to watch this because, you know, it's going to end badly, and I want to see how he kind of reacts as things are then flipping the other way. And I give this guy credit because he put the video. He cut it up and put it on, he put it on social media. So this play right here was one that stood out because as Nico catches this pass on the crosser, he hasn't even turned a corner. 
this guy, Chef Zay, is like, and there's Nico. He's going to run past that slow defensive back and run past that slow defensive back, and it's just another first down for Nico Collins. What else is new? And it's just the way he reacted made me laugh, but it was a big play. And it continued to show the growth of Nico Collins. Catch and run. Monster. Monster. Comes in at number eight, a first down in the second half. Just turn in the corner, picking up first downs. That's what Nico Collins does. CJ found him. Big gain, and it made Chef Zay very, very sad. It comes in at number eight, the Ocho. First down, Houston from the Texans, 44. Stroud under center, one back, Singletary. Stroud back to throw, dumps it off right side. Nico to the outside, 50, 45, up the sideline, 40, and out of bounds inside the 40-yard line. Where do they mark him? At the 39-yard line. Great catch and run, and a quick throw <laughs> by Stroud with the heat on to find his best friend, Nico Collins, next to Tank Dell, his ne other best friend. Okay, let's stay with Nico Collins in C.J. Stroud at number seven. Going into this game, there had been a lot of talk about, okay, especially in Houston. Well, C.J.'s back. We'll be okay. C.J.'s back, and yeah, it's going to be tough against this Browns defense, but how do you really know – what a rookie is going to do in a playoff game. How do you know how he's going to respond? I remember 2018, Deshaun wasn't a rookie, but it was basically, it was first full year and he had been carrying us the last few games. And I just remember that game against the Colts. He looked lost and he looked really befuddled. And I just, that, that image, those things that he saw against the Colts that day really had me worried. So I was a little worried how CJ would come out. Well, first play of the game, flip it out to Singletary makes a, you know, three yards, four yards right off the bat. Okay, got that first throw out of the way. But really when I felt like, okay, we're going to be fine was this throw. Nico Collins on the crosser, he throws a dime to Nico. Nico makes a great catch, 21 yards. Should have gotten a face mask call. Didn't get it, but great, great throw. Great catch, great connection at number seven, C.J. Stroud to Nico Collins. Stroud under center on second and seven from the Houston 20 with Singletary in the backfield and CJ will throw. Deep drop, passes downfield, has Nico left side 35 and spun out of bounds at the 41 yard line. The face First mask. down, Houston as they pick up 21. Cooking at that point. It's time to cook and CJ was definitely cooking, as was Nico, man. Great performance from both those two guys uh, on the day. Now, that drive stalled out. They got past the midfield. Uh, and C.J. made a throw to Noah on third down. Noah's shoulder kind of got caught in between a couple defenders. Uh, he was put on IR, and I got to say this right now about Noah Brown. I wasn't sure what to expect from Noah this year. He got hurt in the Baltimore game, and because of that, Tank and Nico started making plays. Robert Woods was making a bunch of plays, and I thought, okay, well, I'm not really sure what Noah's going to add to this, but Noah Brown was, he was amazing all season long amazing all season long the game against Tampa we'll never forget he was incredible in that game he was great uh on the final drive I mean the whole game against Cincinnati he had a couple of games where he was just a rock star uh and what he gave to this offense was absolutely incredible so we're gonna miss him as he goes on to IR but what a performance this year for uh Noah Brown I'm standing and applauding because he had a tremendous tremendous season and thank him for for everything he was able to bring to this team um this year now Let's get to the run game with number six. The Browns had just scored to take a 7-3 lead. Thought, okay. You scored the three. They punched back pretty hard. Scored 7-3. K. 
can you punch back? Is this going to be one of those games where you got to continue to land a counter punch? They hit the jab, you hit the overhand right. Um, they get the uppercut, you get the overhand left, you get the uppercut. You know, you got to answer their punch with your punch. Well, let's run the ball. How about a little counter flip? This is one of my favorite plays. It, the running back will take a step one way. Quarterback kind of opens that way, but then flips it back the other way. And the blocking is kind of a pin and pull concept. And the key on this is Nico Collins. Nico blocks down on Alex Wright, 6'7", 265. Nico blocks him out of the play. And then Shaq Mason, George Fant get out in front. And now Motor's got some room to run. Longest run of the day. I think it's the longest run of the season. 29 yards for Devin Singletary. And he almost took it to the house. It was a horse collar at the end of this by Juan Thornhill. Had the horse collar not happened, Motor's in the end zone. But either way, it was a great way to start another scoring drive. Motor for 29 at number six. Texans have the ball at their 25-yard line. As Singletary's in the backfield, Stroud under center. Nico is to the right with Mechie going over there in a bunch on first down. Hutchinson in motion to the left. They pitch the ball to Singletary. Has room, 30, 35, 40. Dragging a man across the 45, breaks a tackle, 50. And down at the 46-yard line of Cleveland. What a run. Motor just, into Cleveland territory. Just a mere mention of Pierce. He must have heard me. <laughs> Motor was rolling, baby. He was going. 13 for 66, I think. Over five yards of carry, 29 right there. And the Browns shut down the run decently. But there were a couple of key times they were unable to do it, and Motor made them pay. That's right there at number six. Now, as the drive continues, it was C.J. Stroud making a play that I'm just – I'm absolutely just astonished by. I don't know that he really should have gone to John Mechie on this play. I don't think he's part of the progression, really. I think he's just kind of a clear out down the sideline. But somehow, C.J. got his eyes over to where John Mechie was over the Texas sideline. And Mech ends up making a huge catch, big play to keep this touchdown drive alive. It comes in number five. Love seeing John Mechie making plays, and this was a big one. It's at the Big Cinco. Texans to the line. First down at the Browns, 46. CJ pumps. CJ throws downfield to his right, and he's got a man. Mechie inbounds at the 20 and out of bounds at the 19. Boy, Texans with a first down in the red zone. CJ bought time to allow Mechie to clear the corner. Denzel Ward. It looked like he was going to go three-step drop. Then he reshuffled, reset, and by that time, Mechie had just cleared. Actually, it's Greg Newsom. So a nice throw and catch. It's another trip inside the TDECU red zone. I love it when Dre gets to say TDECU Red Zone because I know they're big supporters of Brothers in Arms, uh, which is Andre, Warren Moon, and Vince Young's charity, and they do great, great things uh, for the city of Houston, single mothers in the city of Houston. So appreciate Andre. I mean, I love the man to death, but I love the fact that TDECU is a big sponsor of them as well. So that was a big play uh, at number five as Mechie's 27-yard 20 catch moved them into the TDECU Red Zone. And then this happened a couple of plays later, the screen. Now, when I hear the word screen, I kind of I, I have always cringed because for nine years I've watched the Texans run screens, and you're like, that's supposed to work? Nothing. That's supposed to work? Nothing. I watch the Chiefs run screens, and they work all the time. I would watch the Niners run screens, and they work all the time. I'm like, why can we not get screens to work? Well, 
This one worked and worked astonishingly well. A little quick screen, throwback to Nico Collins. And leading the way was Laramie Tunsil with one heck of a block on Martin Emerson Jr. Nico gets in the end zone and gives the Texans a 10-7 lead. It's at number four. Second and six at the Browns 15. Stroud under center, fakes the toss, now throws it back to the left, has Collins. 10, five, to the corner. He's in! Touchdown, Houston! The Texans take the lead. Just like that. Excellent play call by Bobby Slowick. You got Cleveland being overly aggressive in pursuing. They go against, use it against them, go the other way, and who better to give it to than your number one big, strong, six foot four, 215-pound receiver in Nico Collins. Man, I'm telling you, watching Nico's improvement and growth in year three has been one of my favorite things about this season. Nico Collins is one of the best guys that you're going to find in this locker room, one of the sweetest souls you're ever going to see. But when he is between those lines, he has turned into a monster for opposing defenses, and it has been so freaking fun to watch. All right, let's get to number three. Now, if you can do the math, there were six touchdowns on Saturday afternoon. There were two defensive. There were four offensive. So – you know Nico's was at number four. This is at number three, so this has got to be a touchdown, right? Which one? Well, it's a play that actually shouldn't happen. And I mean that in the nicest way. This is a power play to the right. So Juice Scruggs is pulling to the right. This play is supposed to go to the right. Devin Singletary ran it to the left. How? No idea. I don't know what Motor saw. I have no idea. But his ability to find holes and then go exploit them was absolutely beautiful to watch as it was on this 19-yard touchdown run that put the capper on the Browns, 45-14. It comes in number three, motor for 19, and a tutty to end the scoring on this day. 13 and a half to go in the fourth, second and seven at the Browns, 19. Here's motor to the left, motor to the 15, 10, breaks a tackle, five. He's in! Singletary to the house! Another touchdown for the Texans, pouring it on in the postseason. Man, Motors had a great season, tremendous season, 19 yards right there on a touchdown, and looking for more of that against the Baltimore Ravens on Saturday. What a great game for Motor, that run ceiling. And again, it's a run that should never happen. If you got a power call to the right, I mean, if you're going to take that out the back door to the left, you better be 100% sure. And he was so sure and just – I don't know if anybody touched him, really. I mean, broke one tackle, I think, and then sped in, little leap over the goal line. I just – when he got to about the 10, I said to Mark – I said to Mark Sear, touchdown. Well, I, you could see it. I could see it. And it was a beautiful run, no question. Now, number two and number one, they're both tight ends. It's nice. I know my man Jake Moreland's got to be very, very happy, tight ends coach, very happy with what the tight ends have been doing. I went with this one at number two. I don't know why. I just was trying to figure out which. Eh, you know what? Let's do this one. And so that's how I – this literally is a coin flip. You could go either way. But I went at number two, 17-14, minute 48 left and a half. I could just see – I could see the scoreboard. I'm looking at it. And there had been a timeout in the action, and Mark Vandermeer threw it down to me. And he said, all right, let's go down, Johnny. What do you think? And I said, you know, guys, earlier in the game, Dalton Schultz had a drop. This is a good time right about here. I think I would go to Dalton Schultz. 
I would like to see what he can do on Saturday. Game's at 3.30. A lot of players, you know, roll in, uh, you know, 11, 11.30, 12, something like that. I usually get here early. I like it quiet. I come into my studio, and I just, it's quiet. But I always go down and get a water or a drink or whatever from the cafeteria, and I walk in, there's one person in there. I don't even know there are any of the, the, uh, the employees in, in, in there, um, any of our chefs or anybody of that magnitude, anybody. It's Dalton Schultz. That's it. It's just Dalton. And he's got his playbook, and he's got his phone, and he's just eating, and he's got them both. And I'm like, wow. It's six hours before the game. Like, Holy cow. So when he dropped that pass, I was like, dang it, they got to go back to him. And so that was, my, that was my hit. I'm not talking two plays later. They run this play right here to Dalton Schultz, and it is glorious. Glorious. It is so well done. Make sure you check out my Telestrator, uh, HoustonTexans.com, YouTube page. It's outstanding how the Texans set this up. It's a great route by Dalton Schultz. Great catch, touchdown, gives him a 24-14 lead. And this is when I really felt like, okay, this is going to be tough on the Browns today because this offense is clicking. Dalton Schultz is now back in the fold. This is going to be awesome. And it was awesome. And it comes in at number two. Stroud under center on second and 20 at the Browns 37. One back motor. CJ fakes the give. Steps out to his right. He's got a lot of time. And he throws deep. And he wants Dalton Schultz. Has him. Rock and roll. Touchdown, Houston. What a play design. You don't roll a guy one way and then have him throw back across the field. It goes against everything you're thinking about. Unless he can set his feet. And so they, they protect it perfectly allow Schultz to come back on a crosser, a deep crossing route going back against the grain away from C.J. Stroud, and he puts it in the air. Schultz makes up for the drop, and so. 37-yard touchdown reception, and C.J. Stroud, welcome to the NFL playoffs. Introducing the rookie Stroud with three TDs in the first half. Oh, yeah, lest I forget, C.J. Stroud was dropping dimes. A nearly perfect rating on the day. It was absolutely incredible to see what that man was doing against the Browns. How awesome was that? So let's get to number one. Now, three touchdowns for CJ. He threw a screen to Nico. I, listen, I know people, oh, that's a screen. The screen's got to be thrown in such a way that you can catch and run that thing and not miss a beat. And that's what Nico was able to do. That throw to Dalton Schultz was an absolute dime. The play number one really is a little bit more about Brevin than it is about CJ, but it's a great read, and it's a play the Texans had run against the Jets. Same combination going the other direction. They did this going left. This time they did it going right. It's a great play. It was one of the only good plays they had against the Jets, and CJ was able to just dump it to Brevin, and then play number one started when Brevin took off. Brevin Jordan's 76-yard touchdown run, I mean, Catch and run is at number one. Here we go with Schultz motioning to the left. Stroud under center. Here's a little drop back and a pass to Brevin Jordan. Right side across the 35. Cuts inside 40. 50. The 40 right sideline. He's going to go all the way. Brevin Jordan to the end zone. No flags. Touchdown. My goodness. The Texans go 76 yards in one play to retake the lead on Cleveland. Give me a redo, partner. I missed you the first time on that high five. Brevin Jordan just pulled away from somebody. It looked like Usain Bolt down the sideline. Man, I hate to use Motor's nickname for Brevin, but, man, Brevin was motoring. 
down at sidelines. He was moving. That gave the Texans a 17-14 lead, and there was no looking back. There's only looking ahead. Well, how do we get to the divisional round? Well, let's take a look at what happened on Super Wild Card Weekend next right here on Texans Matchup. We got one final segment of Texans Matchup. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. I know we don't have much time because we spent so much time on the, and rightfully so, on the win over the Browns, 45-14. We did ultimate 11 defense. We did ultimate 11 offense. And figured at this point, let's recap what happened on Super Wild Card Weekend. There's one in particular that got everybody's attention here in Houston, and that happened on Sunday afternoon as the Green Bay Packers went in and dismantled the Dallas Cowboys. Jordan Love was absolutely awesome. Aaron Jones came back to his home state and was great. Love, 16-21, 272, three touchdowns. If those numbers sound familiar, C.J. Stroud on Saturday against the Browns, 16 or 21, 274, three touchdowns. Nearly identical numbers for Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud in their playoff debuts. Aaron Jones ran 21 times for 118 yards and three touchdowns. Coming back to his home state. Romeo Dubs, six catches, 151 yards and a touchdown. And the Cowboys are out. The Cowboys are done. How did I know it? It was 34 to 16 as the Cowboys started to get back in it. And on the very next drive, Luke Musgrave ran what's called leak. It's a route where you run kind of a shallow across and then up the sideline. Great route. One of my favorites. Love it. It's a West Coast staple. Matt LaFleur called it. There is not a Cowboy within 20 yards. Literally. When they did the math, the next-gen stats came out and said he was the most wide-open receiver of any receiver in the season. Luke Musgrave scored. They made it 41-16. The Packers would go on and win 48-32. They will move on and take on San Francisco in the divisional round. The Chiefs took care of the Dolphins 26-7 in frigid, frigid temperatures. The Chiefs' offense just, yeah, doing enough. But what they're doing now is getting play from rookie Rasheed Rice. Eight catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Second-year running back Isaiah Pacheco, 89 yards on the ground. And the defense held Miami in check. Tyreek Hill had five for 62 and a touchdown. That's it. That's all he had. Dolphins lose season over. Hard knocks over. Chiefs move on. They will move to Buffalo because Buffalo took care of the Steelers 31-17. A 52-yard Josh Allen touchdown run put Buffalo up 21 to nothing, and then they just kind of toyed with Pittsburgh the rest of the way. Kansas City will go to Buffalo on Sunday. It's the first road playoff game for Patrick Mahomes. Let me say that again. It's the first road playoff game for Patrick Mahomes. And he's in year 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 2, 3, year 7. He's now playing. His, every other playoff game has been at home for Patrick Mahomes. So we'll see how they react on the road. Then Monday night, the Buccaneers absolutely hammered the Eagles. Team dysfunction needed to end the season, and it did. Buccaneers are moving on. The Buccaneers will go play Detroit because Detroit held on. And the Matt Stafford, Jared Goff, let's meet in Detroit again deal, 24-23. So your divisional round matchup, Saturday, Texans going to Baltimore, Packers will go to the 49ers. And on Sunday, the Bucks will go to Detroit, and the Chiefs will go to Buffalo. And that's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate you guys being here. Love you all very much, and hopefully we got another Texans matchup show coming. If not, it's been a joy all year long. If so, well, we're going to be celebrating a win over Baltimore throughout the entire thing. So let's do that. I'd like to do more work for you. Well, if you listen. 
and I appreciate you listening. See you next time, and as always, go Texans.